0: Welcome to Everyday Driver, where cars are more than just transportation. They're
1: freedom, a common ground, a way to grow, and can even make life better. We're here to help everyone
0: find a car they love and discover all the ways cars connect us. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is The Car Debate. Hey, it's a podcast and we're in the studio. We're back. I'm glad we're here. Happy Tuesday to everybody. We have got a really cool topic Tuesday coming up. We hope you had a good Thanksgiving if you're in the U.S. We hope you had
1: time with family and just enjoyed yourself. Yeah, for sure. Well, we are back in the studio, as Todd said, after our first four points road trip in our cars of the past. So, what we did was we left Park City, drove to Salt Lake, and that was it. Just kidding. We (laughs) (laughs) took our cars.
0: 30 minutes later, we were exhausted, (laughs) and the cars were broken, and we went back home.
1: (laughs) So, we took our cars across Nevada. Which I have decided is Wyoming plus one. Uh, yeah. And okay. Right. Based on scenery and terrain. Yeah, and it. of yep. course it was winter and not springtime and beautiful, but nevertheless it was um it's well but Middle of springtime,
0: I don't know how the Nevada changes that much. It's just Nevada. That's what it looks like. Yeah.
1: It was, it was kind of strange. There's a lot of prisons in Nevada.
0: A lot of prisons. Yeah.
1: A lot of oil refineries. A lot of casinos. I have never, Weird. we,
0: we talk about this over the radios. We talk about the fact that we have never seen so many signs that were do not pick up hitchhikers, followed yeah. by this penitentiary is here. But like,
1: there's another
0: one. It was like every 10 I minutes there was choose. a new one. Yeah.
1: Nevertheless, we drove to Sacramento. And then Chance and Edgar flew in from Utah and Los Angeles, respectively. And we picked those guys up and we started real near the uh, Bay Bridge. Well, no, sorry, not the Bay Bridge, Bridge. the Golden Gate Bridge. And uh, cruised from there all the way up the coast, hugged the coast all the way to Seattle. We. Mm Didn't take our time, but we we had enough time to enjoy ourselves and make stops along the way. Yeah, for sure. So this will be an episode, actually a two-episode part of season 10 Mm -hmm. coming at you. That whole season 10 starts January 1st, 2022 on the Motor Trend Cable Channel. And by the way, season 9 is now fully available on Amazon. Those Mm -hmm. episodes are going to translate to YouTube soon as well. But you can catch it hopefully uh, on Amazon. Leave us a rating and review uh, when you catch it on Please Amazon. We would yeah. love that. So that uh, that trip just happened, and we made it to Seattle. The cars made it. We put gas in them, and we traveled the whole way. It <laughs> we was started them
0: every morning. We wondered what might break. It <laughs> was fantastic. it was a fantastic trip. Yeah,
1: there were starting moments where I thought oh, things going to start. It's, mm-hmm. Had to pour oil in. We had to check things yeah, all yeah. the way, of course. But nevertheless, we made it and got all the way to Seattle. And then Seattle did its you know we rain professionally here thing. Yes. And uh, we've been were, holding we it out for us. Yeah. So. But
0: here's the thing you also have to know is that if you are not a person that watches us on motor trainer, we would love it if you do. And rate and all that kind of stuff is huge for us. It helps the sponsors, all of that thing helps the engine go forward. However, yes, the road trip piece will be a YouTube monster one part piece on YouTube with extra stuff because we don't have a time limit there so that will come right. out right. like a week or 10 days after it airs
1: on TV you'll get the big YouTube piece too
0: which we're very excited about both versions.
1: So pretty cool hopefully you've caught the photos of mm-hmm. both the starting at the Golden Gate Bridge and then the ending overlooking Seattle the downtown skyline. <laughs> I said to Paul we have to get the
0: skyline of Seattle <laughs> with the cars to prove we, we can't just be on camera be like yeah we made it to Seattle we've exactly. got
1: to show it we've got to be able to say it. Yeah which we did. So that was fantastic. We feel vindicated in some way that we've done, you know, something significant with mm-hmm. with these two cars and so far. And there's
0: lots more to come too. It's going to
1: be great. <clears throat> For sure. Well, also Nissan has announced they're investing 2 trillion yen over the next cool. 5 years to accelerate the electrification of its entire lineup. So we know what Nissan has been doing. That's why the slow turnaround, like 14-15 years between Skylines, 14-15 years between new Z cars, <laughs> You didn't refresh really anything. Oh, you've been investing behind the scenes Uh for no less than 20 new electric vehicle and e-power equipped models introduced in the next five years. And so Nissan is expecting the bulk of its electric vehicle sales to be in Europe and then uh, Japan and in China. And then Nissan is expecting 40% electric vehicle sales by 2030, 40% of their entire lineup by 2030.
0: But let's spin that discussion around for a second. They say e-power vehicles, meaning th- th- if you read fine <laughs> lines. a marketing term. If you read fine fine print of a lot of these and you kind of think about it, everybody's co- quote-unquote going fully electric. Yeah. What that often means is what Nissan is saying here, too. We're going to have full EVs, and we're going to have vehicles that are not full EVs but have electric assist. Yep. And I'm not saying this is a good or bad thing. I'm just saying read between the lines here. Also, everybody's saying there will be no internal combustion engines after 2030. Nissan is saying we think 40% of our lineup will be electric only by 2030. You notice those those dates line up. This is back to the thing we keep saying, and that is I do not think that is going to be a hard and fast <clears> rule, and I think there will be... A, everything will have some sort of assist going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. But I think an all electric future is not coming nearly as soon as we think, in spite of the fact of trillions of dollars from Nissan going this
1: way. See, at this point with the four concepts they introduced, there's the surf out concept, the hang out concept, oh. the max out concept and the chill out concept. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yay. Mm-hmm. Now, they are. stylistically speaking, have you noticed how clean and simple and very minimalistic all very, of these designs very, are very yeah the shapes just the profiles alone the silhouettes mm-hmm. just say here is what this car is supposed to do yep. but it's very much in line with what we've been talking about for a while now and that is platform sharing mm-hmm. on this hangout concept the wheels are at the very corners the front and rear overhang i know it's a concept but mm-hmm. the front and rear overhang is measured in inches mm-hmm. it's very minimal very you, know, almost you think nothing. it's the same
0: platform under all three cars
1: all four is kind of what I'm thinking, and <laughs> okay. therefore, yeah. how do they drive? Do they drive any different, or is mm. it merely styling at this point? That's great and all that you're shooting for those targets. Fine, mm. great, but are all these just going to carry cargo in different ways and just kind of look different? And is that what all manufacturers are going mm. for? I love that Porsche did that Cayman concept where they stacked batteries in a deliberate intention to make yeah. it. Now, it's a race car, and they sure, yeah. they built it for race car dynamics to actually, I think, match what drivers are used to doing. Mm, the mm. way drivers know how to make a car move quickly, mm. they know what mid-engine weight feels like. They know how to manage that. So here's an electric car that matches what you already know how to do at the top level. Great. Cool. Mm. I love that. I just wonder if this is Nissan addressing that. Get it all out of your system because you've got to do something different for sports cars even though there is this uh, max out concept that uh, max out <clears throat> looks mm-hmm. sporty, but <laughs> you can have other stylistic elements just besides some fender flares and, you know, just a broad generic shape. But to my eye, it looks very platform sharing. We just lifted the truck. you right. We lowered the sports car. Mm-hmm. And okay. We'll see. Concepts yeah. are great. I'm all for concepts. You know, stylistically speaking, it sets the tone for sure, what sure. the corporate look yeah. will be, what yeah. we're trying, you know, trying to do, but, From a platform perspective, Mm. I hope it's not just bodies plopped on platforms. (laughs) Really do. Nevertheless, we're in a golden era of cars and car switchover. And what I love about this announcement is that this represents all manufacturers in the car industry Mm -hmm. pushing tech forward. And what is that going to do for sports cars? Because people still want to buy fun cars. That's what we're here to help Theoretically, you Theoretically, let's hope so, yeah. <laughs> I agree. Well, we've got an excellent topic Tuesday coming at us from Chris O in Houston, Texas, mm-hmm. who asks us about buying a car based on where you live. Oh, yeah. We've had a couple of emails like this of late. <laughs> Chris, I thought after reading your email, I thought, should Todd and I do an entire series on cars for regions? You know, the fish out of water. Are there many Subaru Outbacks in Houston? Are they there? <laughs> There's we know they're in Washington, Oregon, and yeah. Colorado, and Maine, and people Utah. Bought, people and, that
0: bought it out back <laughs> in, in Washington just bought a pickup
1: in, in Texas. Yeah. do see too many mm-hmm. Chargers, especially Hellcatted anything in Washington. It's a fair point. Not many there. Yeah, those are in Texas. You're right. That's a good point. <laughs> well, Chris writes that he is having some work done on his everyday driver this week, so he's been driving his 2018 BMW M240 in its place. Okay. He says it's a great car known for its smooth, powerful engine, handling, and somewhat firmer ride. And in parentheses, he says his wife has learned it's not a car to drink coffee in unless you could grab a sip at a red light. Mm. (laughs) That's firm suspension. We're coming to a stop. Get ready. Sip, sip, sip. Now, go, go. Go, go, go. (laughs) Now, the challenge and frustration that he's noticed this week is he rarely gets to put the car through its paces because of the geography that surrounds him. Yeah, yeah. He lives in North Houston. Okay. I don't know anything about North Houston.
0: Well, but he tells you everything you need to know. There is no elevation change. Pretty much everything is a straight-line monster freeway or toll road. It's just like, let's go that way in a straight line. And if it's, we turn, it will be a large diameter, big loop-of-the-city okay. style turn. There's no like, okay. ooh, that was fun. You might, if you get lucky, you might find a cloverleaf. But even those will be kind of large radius. What's fascinating mm. about Texas, both Dallas and Houston do this, is that the highest elevation you will get while driving is the overpasses because they do that weird spaghetti Are you structure. Yeah, they could. And you've seen it before. They yeah, do that weird spaghetti structure, where they climb up off the roads and they get like 60 to 100 feet in the air and then they all crisscross and then they come back down. That's the elevation change. I you'll can find see in my house
1: from. Oh, hey, traffic.
0: I don't know if you remember, but there was a guy years ago that bought one of the first McLaren P1s in Dallas.
1: Yes, I do.
0: And he that. wrecked oh, it morning gosh. one because he was driving when it was probably like 40, 45 degrees in Dallas, which it does do. But then he went over one of those big flying overpasses, hit ice, totaled the car. Because the overpass is the only thing. I mean, literally, it's like, I can see my house from here. Oh, look, (laughs) there's the skyline. Oh, now I'm back down into the flatlands. For sure.
1: Should we also start cloverleafdriftingschool.com possibly we only teach you how to drift on cloverleafs nothing else no stadiums no other road no tracks just cloverleaves, leaves (laughs) and then you could at least have some fun on your on-ramp we we built a special we just built a special (laughs) skid pad that's
0: just for that
1: what's that unused freeway over there oh that's cloverleafdrivingschool.com go over there and get, get gifts for father's day love it perfect Well, Chris feels like he's wasting the car's strongest assets Mm. because he has no place in which to exercise them other than autocrossing or on a track. He says this is not out of the question. It just requires planning and cannot be done on a regular basis. Sure. We get it. Yep. So do you think one should seek out a car whose best features match the environment in which it will spend most of its time? Mm. Perhaps trade some handling for a smoother ride, a little less power in exchange for something else, he says. We both drive a myriad of cars, he mentions, and have we ever thought that car A would be good for region X and car Mm -hmm. B would be good for region Y? He's just curious because he is shopping. He's wondering about his next car. I love it. This is great, Chris. We actually got another
0: email, and I'm sorry I don't have your name in front of me right now, but we got somebody that wrote almost the exact reverse of Chris's email in the last couple weeks. Where they had a big car, they built into like five or six hundred horsepower. It didn't come; it came with like half that. They built it in five or six hundred horsepower. It was the greatest thing ever. And they moved from the flat land of straight lines to somewhere with mountain roads, and suddenly went, "This is this car's too big. Mm-hmm. This car's too much. Mm-hmm. So I it, don't
1: need my donk anymore."
0: <laughs> Chris, th- this is absolutely the thing. This relates to that whole that whole tools for job thing we discuss. Yeah, yep. and, and this is why if you're going to commute, I've mentioned this before. I'm going to say it again. If I lived in Los Angeles, still, and I commuted on the 405 every day, mm-hmm. I would probably not own my Lotus.
1: I love it. Or it'd be driven a lot less.
0: Yeah. Or I'd, a K- but, but even, I remember when I used to drive my original 300ZX to fun roads in Los Angeles, it mm-hmm. would typically be an hour, even on a Sunday, it'd be an hour through mostly stop and go traffic to get to the fun road. Yeah. yeah. So would I even have a Lotus? I might not, beca- and I would probably have, even if I had multiple cars, I would probably have something that was just commute device. Because you're sitting on the four hundred yeah. five, and that will not be fun. Okay, this is hard. The- Good news, Chris. Nissan has announced. Yeah. <laughs> do they have one called the Commute Out to go with the Max <laughs> sure Out, and the Chill Out, and the Hang Out? We've chill got out Commute the Out, Zone Out, the Zone Out. That'd be exactly what it's called. Pass Out. Yeah, the Zone Out is going to be it. No, Pass Out is the one which, have, which has <laughs> the all automated. That's the drive. autonomous driving. That's line. the autonomous driving. Right. Just pass out, Chris location is a huge factor here. Now there's a flip side and that is, I do want all of you listening to have a car you love driving when you drive every day. Yes. That is yes. the whole purpose of the show. Yep. So you have to figure out what is your balance there? Because if you just want to have, if you want to have a pass out, you want to have an automatic <laughs> autonomous <laughs> you vehicle. That just drives you. It's just a, it's just a big, there. it's just a big couch. It's the greatest <laughs> thing ever. You, you, you'd look at your phone the whole time you arrive at work. <laughs> I, I understand. Welcome buying to the for future, everyone! Yeah, for, yay! <laughs> long straight roads like you have need big GT cars with long legs. Your M240 is a very fun car, but it's not quite GT enough. And I also think this: it's also not hardcore enough that you feel like a hero for driving it. Oh, okay, you didn't okay. drive your McLaren to work in Houston, which mm. is not really the right Houston car either. You do it in Dallas, you, apparently, exactly. But you at least have your McLaren. Or right. At least drove your Ferrari. You know, you can say you did it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So I think you need a big GT. But let me give you a flip side. If you notice, automotive journalists in the UK love small, tiny convertibles and great <laughs> hot hatchbacks. Yeah. Because all of the British B roads are spaghetti. Mm
1: hmm. Mm hmm.
0: And so when they get a big American car over there, they kind of have this demeanor like, where is this for? Because it's for nowhere in London, <laughs> it's for nowhere in the whole English continent. And the joke is parking it in London and blah, blah, blah. For sure. But, I mean, look at all of the fantastic roads throughout Wales, which we would love to drive on. Yeah. That's wide open spaces, lots of sheep. But you don't want something big and burly there either. You still want something small. So British B roads. A Hellcat would always be better in Nebraska than an FRS.
1: Yeah. That's the deal. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Well, Chris, there's a reason John Hennessy's headquarters are located in... You guessed it, Texas. <laughs> you bought a Hellcat. It got boring in a year. What'd you do? You went and got it. It was boring it on the spec sheet. So yeah. as soon as you bought oh it, you gosh. sent it to him. Well, nevertheless, Todd's right. That's there's a, there's a reason. You know, you want the the acceleration, the straight line acceleration, the, you know, the hookup from stoplights for long straightaways, long commutes. But this is the reason, Chris, that we recommend dividing up your budget instead of pouring your money into one car that has mm-hmm. to do it all or the, this is my fun car divide up the budget get many cheaper cars interesting because you mentioned autocross and tracking is possible it's just more infrequent but if you have the tool for that job that cost you 10 grand mm,
0: but sure. you also
1: had the 10 grand you know commute device sure and you had a 10 grand like semi fun sports car or maybe a $10,000 Pontiac GTO that was owned by some little old lady in Florida <laughs> and has barely any miles and has chrome wheels, chrome it's, it's wheels, ready to go. nevertheless, you take those off and put drag radials on the back or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can hook it up at the light with a parachute at the back to sure. To stop. That's you but, see that all the time. Yeah. But nevertheless, you're right. The environment does unfortunately dictate for better or worse, what car you need because people moving into the mountains suddenly realize yeah I need mm-hmm. something with all-wheel drive Or now Floridians don't really need all-wheel drive I'm mm-hmm. hoping all-wheel drive cars aren't sold there I'm sure they are they
0: are For sure, because people think I might get a hurricane, I better get something lifted on all-wheel drive. That's what they think. That's true. Because let's be honest, if you live in Florida, there you have storm shutters on your house permanently because there will be a hurricane this year.
1: Donks are great for Florida.
0: Uh, They are. Hurricane weather donk. Instant lift. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I just donked my way out of the floodwaters. It's going to be great. Yeah.
1: It's an action verb now. But nevertheless, Chris, that's why we recommend dividing up that budget instead of one or two. Now not everybody can mainly because of space. Say you've got 50 grand and you can divide it three ways or work Mm -hmm. out the balance somewhere else. You might not have the actual physical space to store all your cars. And then suddenly you've got a collection. You're a collector at this point. Congratulations. You're really (laughs) off the deep end. But if you can divide things up and measure how many times you do track days and how many, Mm -hmm. you know, what's what dollar amount of your budget, what percentage of your budget is worth allocating those dollars to getting a fun track car. But then you've got to commit. You've got to do it. Maybe most of your dollars are going to the car and the budget for going for actually participating in the track day. Mm -hmm. And you have just a generic whatever commuter for the rest of the time. Or sorry, pickup truck. (laughs)
0: Sorry. Sorry. You bought yourself a pickup. Yes, for sure.
1: But you've got the fun little thing and the pickup truck tows your car to the racetrack and, you know, everybody's happy. So that's just what only you can determine. But you're right. The environment. What's even more fun is having cars that are fish out of water for various environments. And you can totally tell this car was designed in Japan. I get it. And and that's the thing.
0: You have to be weird like us or more specifically me (laughs) where you want to drive the car that doesn't make sense because you just want to say that's your car there is i i am 100 totally. in support of that i am definitely that guy i love the fact that i've driven rear-wheel drive all winter in the blizzards yes. in utah i love that there i just that. enjoy that but i also have a lot of great roads nearby where i can ring those cars out and enjoy them when it's not blizzarding which it isn't right now so so that's a worthwhile thing let me also say this though here is the here is the flip side problem here though because if you are in a place like houston where it's all straight line I'm going to say it's the Hennessy effect.
1: <laughs> there you we go. You buy something
0: with a bunch of power, and then you decide it's not a bunch It's not a bunch of power. You need to get a bunch more power. Mm. While I will go back to what I said before, and that is I see a Hellcat making more sense in Nebraska than an FRS. The problem is you're still going to have trouble using all of the Hellcat power out of the box. Where do you use that? Yeah. It becomes a bragging right thing. This is the entire market for Hennessy's entire brand. I don't know why we got off on that, but let's let's go there anyway. It's the Houston thing. <laughs> you end up with just a car that is just bragging rights. It's that guy you met at one point that told you he had a 1,600-horsepower Raptor, and you asked him why, and
1: his brain stopped working. It melted. I kept asking him why. He said, well, because of the reasons and all these parts. And I was like, no, 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 no. Why? Why are you dumping all this money in this truck that is a brilliant off-roader? It's a dune yeah. runner. Yeah. And you're drag racing with it? Yeah, you,
0: you, well, he, he, he was driving it around Los Angeles. It yeah. wasn't like he was like going to drag events. He was just, I have a 1,600 horsepower Raptor in Los Angeles, and you and I were both scratching
1: our heads going, for what? Ultimately, he ended up saying, well, because it's fun. But I could tell he wasn't convincing himself. <laughs> it's like fun for $85,000 more on top of the cost of a Raptor to make it do things that Raptors really shouldn't. And no truck really should. But it's, mm, it's fun. That, it's
0: that bragging rights effect. Yeah. It's just that. Which yeah. See, this, that is the only thing I will say about cars for locations here, Chris, is don't buy a car just for the bragging right. Buy a car because when yeah. you're in it, you just think, I'm glad I own this. I'll, I'll go further. I'm glad I put money out every month to be in this. Yeah, Because the flip yeah. side is you're driving your terrible, bland commute <clears throat> device, and you just go, I can't believe I have to pay for this every month. That's not the right car for you. It may be the perfect commuter for your commute, but at least when that bill comes every month, you'll be like, yep, I own that. My wild card
1: for you, Chris, is to move. <laughs> 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 there it is. There it is. We're solving problems. Sell your government. house yep. and Pick a place with windy roads. Yep, Mm, Rocky Mountains. We'll say Mm -hmm. anywhere going westbound. uh, (laughs) Shoot, you could go eastbound too. There's great driving roads. Yes, absolutely. And the hill country there. Houston's just not the place. Yeah, (laughs) you go to Austin. You go to Austin to do better. Now might be the time to get maximum dollars for your house. This is hey, Park City's exploding (laughs) because of this exact. I should move. Everybody works from home now. It's a thing, and every company is recognizing this very thing. Right. Kind of open to it, so buy a new house is the the real crux here. This car debate
0: concluded with real estate. Thanks for playing.
1: You've heard us talk about drive homework, because it's vital to drive a lot of things when trying to find your next car. Knowing your options is important. This applies to online shopping, too. You don't want to search just one website, unless that site is searching all of the other ones for you. That's why we love Auto Tempest.
0: I know you've heard us talk about it before, and we hope you've already seen how far you can shop with just one search. Auto Tempest pulls from all the top used car sites at once, so you know you won't miss a deal on that perfect car. Autotempest.com. All the cars. One search. We do have a car debate. David writing into us from North Carolina. He says uh, he needs help picking out a new dad car for his growing, he specifically says, vertically growing family. He has two boys. Son number one is 15 and is already 6'3", which is as tall as dad is. Wow. Son number two is 13 and taller than average. He's expecting him to be six foot sometime while we read this email.
1: What are you feeding so, them? Yeah,
0: exactly. So that's the big factors for big sons and whatever he buys next. <laughs> he wants a heated steering wheel. That would be nice. He has arthritis and that seems to help him. He would like all-wheel drive because he takes it to North Carolina mountains in the winter to snowboard. Those are two factors.
1: Would like safe but he's really looking for a comfortable family road trip car. He needs this driving comfort for family road trips. So that indicates one of the long-legged boys are in the back. Yes, and we're going to do some distance. Can we assume that?
0: Yes, one of the boys have
1: got to be in the back. We're going to do some distance, yeah. Okay. Simple controls for basic climate and entertainment and navigation tasks. David's very mechanically inclined. He does all his own brake and suspension work. He's adjusted valves successfully. (laughs) It's one thing to adjust valves. I adjusted right. them.
0: It's worse now, but I did adjust them.
1: <laughs> he added a supercharger one time to a vehicle and also had success with that. He's got his own portable car lift. He says he doesn't mind having to work on a car because he's got an old boat to scratch that itch for your <laughs> bank account in which to dump money into. Yeah, he, he can. He, here's the thing: he could not work on a
0: car too because you know what? He still has the boat to just work on. There's <laughs> there's something the to work to on either way. In.
1: Yeah, for sure. He says he's ambivalent on manual versus automatic transmission. He does have a manual to drive and he prefers it, but he's going to teach his son to drive it in an automatic. He says, yeah, I'll buy him an old sense. Prius or something when he gets his license because it'll be a little easier for him to learn in an automatic. I see the learning. I you have rec- a counterpoint there for But you, I recommend
0: David. the manual.
1: Recommend the manual. Deep end of the pool, make that learning curve steep. And teach them that learning curves can be steep and you can do a steep learning curve for anything, whether learning to drive or whatever else in your life, throw them into the deep end of the pool.
0: I could see teaching them in the auto just to take out variables. Yes. But I'm going to stand by the fact that I do think that somebody that is just driving, they need to be busy so they (laughs) don't reach for that phone. And that's where the manual is helpful, for sure. David was looking at a Mercedes E450 wagon Mm -hmm. from 2020 with a salvage title. Run away. He keeps buying (laughs) salvage title cars, though. You notice this? He likes to buy salvage title cars (laughs) and just work on them. His car list is coming, and they're in there. Yeah. That
1: had 8,200 miles on it for $46,000. He says the backseat doesn't look quite big enough. Mm. He is retired, so he says he'll mostly drive it just around town. Costco, the grocery store, church, his son's school and sports. Mm-hmm. So he won't put many miles on it. But the very next sentence says he wants to do road trips. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to be putting miles on it, but you're doing road trips. It's, it's going to be driving around town, driving around town, driving around. Now a big trip. 3,000 miles. Which I love that. Go Let's to Washington. Let's do that for sure. In the garage, he has a WRX. 2015 and he's had it since new it sounds like salvage title
0: he bought it oh maybe not new well he bought bought it it's the same thing as this mercedes he bought something that that was like five minutes old because somebody bought it wrecked it salvage title and he went i'll take that thank
1: you very much he has this history he had it pro dyno tune so it makes 400 horsepower racing clutch shorten the shifter throw better tires better shocks Upgraded sound, but he's going to sell this, so he has room to park the new vehicle in the two-car garage. Okay. He says it's obviously too brutal for long trips, but did use to commute into into work in this when he's working. Who wants to buy a heavily modded WRX? Heavily modded, yeah. David's got one. He's also got a 2014 Toyota Tundra Crew Max 5.7. It's got the supercharger <laughs> on it. This is the supercharger Ooh. car.
0: 550 pound feet of torque turns off traction control, and it feels like driving on dry pavement is like driving on ice. <laughs> But okay, now this is the
1: boat towing machine. Yes, it is. Well, house towing machine (laughs) with that kind of power, but yeah. So he says, you know, he's at Lowe's and home Depot enough to justify owning a truck. That's fine. He's also got an 82 Toyota land cruiser, a Canadian model, the BJ 42. It's got the four cylinder, 3.4 liter turbo diesel and four speed manual. Mm. His sons love to ride around in this on short trips. He plans to go off road on easy trails and fix it up when he's an empty nester even though it has lots of rust, is painted four different shades of red. It's super fun to drive. <laughs> it's also—I have never heard this in any email to us ever in the history I've, of the I've, show. I have actually
0: seen it. Have you? I have seen it.
1: EMP proof. Mm-hmm. That's, there, there are there that's are plenty of
0: folks out there that have bought a vehicle that they are keeping around for the impending EMP. I don't. And I'm glad you saw because that seemed new to me. When when I when I was publishing my book, Paper Father, mm-hmm. I, there is a huge huge subgenre of EMP post-apocalyptic novels. They all have some sort of title (laughs) like In the Darkness or After the Lights or some, it's like (laughs)
1: stop, stop. (laughs) But at least he's prepared. David's also got a bike. It's a 2017 BMW R9T motorcycle. It's the top model, better brakes, better suspension. So his budget, that's where we come to. He's had emotional issues that make it hard to spend more than twenty to thirty thousand dollars. He <laughs> technically could spend a hundred grand cash if he wanted, but he'd be afraid to drive a car worth that much to the grocery store. Interesting. Okay. All right. So his budget range is thirty five to seventy thousand dollars.
0: Flexibility. Yeah. It's gotta be okay. worth it if it's seventy. Yeah, for sure. We gotta we gotta convince him. I get
1: it. Yeah. But counting the three trucks and the car he's got now, he's only owned ten cars and trucks his entire life. He usually wow. buys two- okay. to four-year-old cars and keeps them a long time. Mm-hmm. Now, he'll probably add a two-seater sports car when his sons are in college, and he might expand the driveway, which I think you should. <laughs> yes. just, let's just keep building until we got more <laughs> places to park stuff. I like it. It's good. He says he's just itching to take road trips. Mm-hmm. So, you know, newer European model, maybe, but, you know, he says the Tundra is fine on the interstate, but... He definitely needs something that he can do the road trips in. Yeah. And I also notes that he lost his wife, the boy's mother, in 2016. Oh, man. It absolutely sucks. And he misses her every day. And he says he mentions it because he can get what he wants without anyone saying you're an idiot or that's too much money to spend. You are San's minister of
0: finance, yeah. and we're sorry for you. I see, the, I see how you're spinning it the other way, but I'm very sorry to hear that. However, what's interesting about this is he's already retired. He's dealt well with his money. Mm-hmm. I love that when he says he, he had emotional issues res- restricting him from spending more than 30 grand. And I think I'm over it, he says. So <laughs> yeah, that's really yeah. funny. So we're, we're going to buy this this road trip car. I, I really like this. He'd like it to be somewhat reliable. But let's be honest. He just wants it to be good, fun, and worthwhile for road trips. And if you think about the list of cars he's already listed here, nothing there is a good road trip car.
1: I wouldn't yeah, want to road right. trip in any of those. Right, exactly. So that's
0: definitely what we're dealing with. Yes, David, Ideally, you need a fun dad, dad wagon or possibly a fun sedan. The all-wheel drive thing is a... I, I'm going to break that rule a little bit because <laughs> okay. you have other all-wheel drive options.
1: He does. He mentions that for skiing in the Northern, North Carolina mountains in the winter. Or, star, sorry, snowboarding. Yeah. He wants to do that and he wants all-wheel drive for that. But, but you've got a pickup
0: and you've got that old Land Cruiser. If if you have a huge yeah. snowstorm and you're yeah. gonna go somewhere nearby, because that's the thing, you're in North Carolina. You're gonna the to go to North Carolina Mountains to go skiing. Yeah, right. This is not your it huge can't road be trip. Far. It can't okay. Be far, yeah. So my thinking is you could get away with something that's not all wheel drive. So I'm just kinda of pushing on you a little bit there. I have uh, four possible wagons. I actually looked up back seat space for all of them. And then I found two sedans with even more backseat
1: space, but you lose the wagon form factor. Mm-hmm. There's lots of fun here, man. Oh, I like that. Well, David, I'm sure. Sorry for your loss. Uh, that is rough, and uh, yeah, thanks for writing. Thanks for uh, your enthusiasm. Really appreciate it. Absolutely, yeah. But uh, we definitely commiserate with you there. From an all-wheel drive standpoint, look at the entire lineup of Genesis. If that is something that intrigues you and you mm-hmm. you feel like you want the 2022 G70 is absolutely impressive. And I thought about that, and then I remembered you have two very tall, hungry teenagers, and that has two very small back seats. Yeah. Yeah, I also, well, I thought maybe SUV, the GV70 is interesting, but that GV80 was great in the back seat. was good. But the G80 is large. You can get all-wheel drive in the 2.5T mm-hmm. and the 3.5T Sport. It's all-wheel drive. It's a large car. It's it not yeah. the most interesting or engaging to drive. But from a road trip standpoint, mm-hmm. that's a go-to vehicle.
0: Watch our test drive. It. it is a luxury vehicle in a big, big way. Yeah.
1: Since I'm there... We recently published a video with the Lexus LS 500. Sure. Export
0: yeah. All wheel yeah.
1: drive. Mm-hmm. And we noted that when you were driving this car, it felt smaller, which is weird for such a big car. It felt yeah. Yeah. maybe not smaller, but certainly engaging in a unexpected way. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the power was there. It
0: wasn't boat-like and it had surprising power. I will give you both it of those. It was interesting.
1: Yeah. And we just, I, I mean, I kept asking, who is this for? Who buys this?
0: Cuz it was not the tricked out livery version. It was the right. driver version. Yeah. Right.
1: I'm wondering if this is actually have found a buyer. Mm, okay. All right. Now David, it wasn't quite 100 grand. I think it was 80 or 90 somewhere in there. So, they, something like that. It was 88,000 if I recall. So they kept the price down by not putting the executive package in the rear seats. So you're kind of bored back there, but you've got your phone. So pull out your phone and entertain yourself. And plenty
0: of space back there
1: for big boys. But the space in the back is phenomenal. The space all around, and it's smooth, it's comfortable, it's very fast. It's got power, Mm -hmm. and it actually looks pretty cool. So that is a consideration. The base model, essentially... LS 500. Well, this was the F sport, which is, you know, kind of what you want because the brakes are upgraded because I thought about accurate TLX type S. And then I thought, you nope, don't, you know, if it's just you in the car, fine. It's a two plus two, but otherwise (laughs) from an SUV standpoint, an additional one is a Volvo XC 90 because nobody knows you paid 80 grand, but you feel like you still paid 80 grand when you're driving it. It's just that nobody thinks that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You could, but he could do like the S 60 everything in. Yeah, that's good space front and back. Now yeah. you're in a sedan. For Nobody sure. knows that car costs anything. And it's jewelry inside the S90 works and, too.
1: And the V90, the wagon version Oh, of that. wow, yes. that yes. could that's If you're looking at fun. wagons. Yeah. Oh, that's a good so one. So good. I really like that. You've got to look at those. Now, you said you didn't want to look like a, you know what, when driving Mercedes and Porsche. So if I spent your money on things that aren't Mercedes and Porsche, what if just for you, I'm just thinking for you right now, okay. for road yep. trips. What if you got an Acura NSX? What if you got Ooh. a road trip car and then you got the NSX and you just piled the miles on this thing? Mm. I mean, perfect for road trips. It's just you, but you could fit big people in the first gen Acura NSX.
0: Yeah. You yeah. do fit. The the owner of the, one of the two that we drove and we did two back to back was 6'6". Yeah. Now, he'd done a yeah. tall man mod to it, but he was six six. He was much bigger than we are, big, lanky guy yeah. that had the car forever. He'd done whatever the, the seat drop was, and I think he'd gained himself like an inch and a half. He fit fine. You and I fit great. That is a car that yeah. you're right. It doesn't look big, but big people can fit.
1: I'm just thinking if you wanted to do something, you know, two cars right away, spend you're, money. You're already spending fun money. I, I love it. That's great. But the other two, my last two here for you. David, are the first-generation Audi R8 manual. Todd and I got to talk about those the other day, and we went, yes, of all the R8s, the very first one mm-hmm. with a manual transmission and that V8. The V8 with the, with the, the actual gated shifters. Awesome. Yeah. It's really cool. And also a 2018 Jaguar F-Type 400 Sport. That's an all-wheel drive. all yeah, drive. I like intriguing, that. Intriguing, yep. gorgeous, scrumptious. The prices come down. So look at those. But otherwise, yeah, Volvo is so intriguing with their mix of wagons and SUVs. Mm-hmm. They've got great space in the back. I definitely think you're- The 60 your or the 90
0: have really surprising rear but seat that space.
1: that V60- wagon V60 so or so 90 they're so cool and again you'll feel like you spent your money you, a lot of money and you as the owner get that benefit mm-hmm. but everybody else is just gonna be kind of like eh, cool car you know whatever it's, well get in the orange get that V90 in the
0: orange there you go there you go David I, I again I have wagons and I have sedans I'm also gonna say this to you. you're you not gonna be surprised when to say it again you ready just take a big inhale with me and say it with me tires yes yes you want to go to the mountains in your rear wheel drive are the tires right have a nice day, okay? Indeed. I would much rather, we're actually trying out some Nokian all weathers right now on our cars of the past, and we did, I at least I did, I had every kind of weather, because I came back at a different time than you. Mm-hmm. When I mm-hmm. came back from the end of the trip, I went through a snowstorm. It was me and trucks, and I was going through a snowstorm yeah. in the 300ZX. I know they were looking at me like I was a madman. At one point, the, the, the snow plow in front of us pulled off. It was the middle of the snowstorm. Snowplow pulled off. And now I'm lead dog. Everything behind me is an SUV or a big pickup. I'm lead dog in the 300ZX. I'm cutting fresh tracks. Yikes. Okay. Which I was like, okay, this is what these tires are for. But my point here is get the right tires. Then you don't have to worry about the drive wheels as much. And all weathers are a consideration here. Because the way you're going to use it, that might be the right kind of tire for you. So that's a thought. Dad wagons. Kia Stinger GT. Get a used one of those. Down, what thirty grand, thirty five maybe? This is the all-wheel drive, more space version of that Genesis G seventy that Paul brought up. With the back seats are too small. This has the space you need. Yeah, that's good. Put boys in the back of that. So the Kia Stinger GT. Look at that car. Give that car real drive. By the way, when you go shopping, this is an activity for you and your boys. You and your boys need to go look at cars. Oh yeah, you all need to go together. You need to yeah. go together. You need yeah. to climb in. You need to talk about it as a threesome. Do you like this? Mm-hmm. Are you comfortable? Which which one are you most interested in? Because you also need to drive a used Porsche Panamera. It's true. I mean, I avoided the Porsche know, thing. But, just, but, he's, but yeah. he's, he's entertaining. Yes. Should I do this? I'm saying at least go drive one. Okay? True, yeah. Because the first time I was ever in one, it was three people over six feet tall all wearing helmets, and we went around a racetrack. Mm-hmm. That shouldn't have worked, and it was great. So yep. look at a used Porsche Panamera. Avoid the very early models with their big V8s. Avoid the turbo, turbo S. Don't do that. Get a, get an, an S or a GTS old Panamera mm-hmm. because you're a guy that's not scared of a little bit of maintenance. And those are great. All-wheel drive, wonderful. They are. Yeah. Yes, you mentioned the Mercedes E-Class. I do like that. Let me, let me tell you how I use it as a reference. I use it as a reference for back seat space. I just looked up the stats, okay? Everything else I'm listing has at least as much room for leg room, knee room, shoulder room, hip room as the Mercedes E-Class, which you said might be too small, but you said might. Have you and your boys gone and climbed in this car? Mm -hmm. I get the sense that you've looked at one and gone, I don't think that's going to work. You need to go and you need to try it. So the E-Class is definitely a worthwhile one, but that made me think of this. David, I have a car I want you to get. I don't think you're going to get it, but I have a car I want you to get. This is the last of my wagons and I have two sedans. Cadillac CTS-V. Oh wagon Uh with the six-speed. Are they big enough in the back seat, though? uh, I think it would. Here's. It's it's absolutely comparable to that Mercedes E-Class. That's the key thing. It's the same size in the back as that. Interesting. So go look. That'd be hotness. Come on, David. Go go look at one of those, okay? (laughs) Because you could get them well within your budget. You find the six-speed. Laugh. Just enjoy that car. And then you can saw across the country in that and laugh the entire way. It's true. So CTSV wagon, it's a hard find, but it's a worthwhile one. And then I found two sedans, both of which would be perfect for you. Great road trip cars, fun to drive dynamically. They are not all-wheel drive. That's the downside. But they both have more space than the wagons I just listed, as far as backseat space. First one is a Dodge Charger. Get the biggest engine you feel like you can afford. Go, (laughs) Hellcat, if you can. But even if you don't, even if you don't, any big V8 in the Charger is a laugh, and that has boatloads of space. They're huge. Tons They're just of space. huge cars. You and your boys yeah. will never outgrow that car. That's true. And yeah. you could saw the entire country. Just just go do it. Just enjoy it. Charger has to be considered. And yes, I'm going to bring it up. The Chevy SS. Mm-hmm. The Chevy SS mm-hmm. has more rear leg space than any of the wagons I mentioned. It has as much rear leg space as the Charger. It has a lot of rear back space. They're big space.
1: cars. They're Yeah.
0: They are better dynamically than the Charger. They're more rare. Get one auto or manual, but just be sure you get the Magna ride. Chevy SS is maybe still the ultimate dad car. Get one of those. Come on, David. You don't need all-wheel drive. You need tires. <laughs> I and a car you
1: can road trip that's also fun. Yeah, for sure. Tires are the game changer for everything. We, we talk about them, and I think people are still a little bit skeptical. Like, yeah, I've still got some tread left on my 10-year-old tires. Don't do that. D- no, 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 no. They're bricks. Please throw them out. But nevertheless, David, you've got some great suggestions there. I like the last few from you, Todd. That's... Great stuff. So, you've all just got to go shopping. Come on, man. Come on. All-weather yeah. tires on something brilliant. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Write to us with your own debate. TV at gmail.com. Drop us a line your topic Tuesday or your car conclusion as well. We look forward to hearing from you. If you park outside during cold months, overnight, at home, or at work, you need a car cover from Covercraft. We specifically recommend the custom Weather Shield HP car cover. It's designed for dramatic water dispersion while still being breathable and super lightweight. It's also got superior paint finish protection, too. On the underside, it's less abrasive than flannel. Our cars are an investment.
0: From our personal fun cars and SUVs to our cheap sports cars, Covercraft is focused on protecting all of them. And whatever car, SUV, or truck you love, they want to protect that, too.
1: Whatever sunscreen, dash cover, or car cover you choose, remember to use the code EVERYDAY21 at checkout to receive a 10% discount and free shipping from Covercraft.com specifically for our audience. Follow the link from our sponsors page or go directly to Covercraft.com for high quality products that keep your vehicles protected and looking their best. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you.
0: Great questions from you guys, as always. Thank you, as always, for sending them in. We, we ask every Monday and Thursday, typically, for podcasts, Tuesdays and Fridays. And then if we have a schedule change, we ask them other times. But it's all, always social media. We thank you guys for bombarding us with great questions. Bob asked about the road trip, and we we'll to touch on this real quick. We did cover already that it it is the coastal road all the way up, is what we took. And also, um, it will be on both TV and YouTube, different ver- versions on both, so it would be very cool. But the big thing you're asking about is, do we talk much via walkie-talkie? We had them with us, which is great great. Mm great but what's nice is we talk about oh did you just see that but it's not like constant chatter this is always my concern we did it on the utah meetup as well we had radios yeah and people were wonderfully respectful i love this on on a road trip if you have radios in cars they're great as long as it's not somebody my son who feels (laughs) like they have to talk constantly on the radio that actually gets annoying
1: Or point out everything that you're driving by and you can see with your eyes.
0: But if you're like, hey, guys, did you notice that? That's really cool. Every now and then you see something, you point it out, you go, did you see that one go by? That's really fun. But we weren't constant chatter. We don't wear headsets. We just grab the radio when we need it.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, there's a question here from Seth K. Asking about black, white, silver, or gray cars, Mm. do they get a pass because they're not colorful, but if their interiors are colorful? Mm. For an example a black Porsche Macan with a garnet red interior or a white Audi A6 with the saddle brown interior. I'm not going the white with the saddle unless mm. it's a Ferrari Testarossa, the one that I saw when I was a kid. I saw one of those and I thought, okay, that's classy mm. and different. Because Does
0: Seth owned those two cars? I'm guessing he must. <laughs>
1: he must. You own a black Porsche Macan like, with a red here, interior. Am I, am I okay? <laughs> my two. Here, here the, here's my garage. Funny enough, black and silver, I will give a pass if it's got that cool red or cool, interesting, fun interior because it's it's like wearing, you know, underwear that's crazy and loud underneath your suit. Very conservative. You know, so sure. you yeah. know, and maybe yeah, yeah I'm, I'll stop there. I, I see anyway, it.
0: I see it. Uh, mm, I, look, it's better than getting white, the black no. interior. It's better than getting the black interior in those cars. Yeah. It gives you a little bit of flavor. I just still think cars of color are better. But I will also say that utility cars, my wife has a black Cayenne, cars that are doing the utility family work, I would still like them in a color. But those are the only ones that make sense to me that can be just kind of like in the background Mm color-wise. But color is always, it's just better. It's just better. (laughs) Geese 1RBM on Instagram. Ask a lot of good questions. I appreciate it. He's asking a question That hits exactly to something that happened to me this weekend, and I have to rant.
1: Oh, good.
0: He said, now that the holidays are here, if I were given, I personally were given the opportunity to own any car I ever wanted, money, no object, all the costs covered. It Mm. is a free dream car. Mm. But every time I drive it, I have to listen to holiday music. (laughs) What would I do? I have actually realized this weekend because guess what? The day after Thanksgiving is the day that my wife decorates for Christmas and she loves it and she has a great time and I love her and I'm glad she enjoyed it. I was editing all day. Partially because she was doing that but also mainly because there's edit to do. So I was glad to be holed up and editing. Um, But she plays the Christmas music as soon as she starts to pull out the decorations. (laughs) And it's on, you know, Pandora, Spotify. It's rotating, right? I have realized that I don't like it in general but some of it I really don't like. And somehow this station found, and I'm going to offend people right now, and I'm sorry. Somehow this station found a Barry Manilow Christmas album.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: The only thing I can come up with is I wanted to find an ice pick and put it through my ear. <laughs> I needed to be able to hear the editing, so I couldn't do that. It was, it was even worse than some of the stuff I've heard before.
1: Well, you've got to tell the story about your wife and her mother, how they always actually used to go see Barry in concert, too. Oh, I'm aware. It, it's not which is just why, Barry. It's which the is, fact that
0: they went. Which is why I realized, on this station just paid found Paid money. But I realized I can't walk out and say, dear God, please stop that racket, <laughs> because she's going to be like, but it's Barry. So, yeah, mm-hmm, I... Mm-hmm, mm. mm-hmm. stop no stop please stop seriously (laughs) it's just it's like bad lounge music now doing Christmas this is what I've dealt with dealing with bad lounge version of Christmas at that point Harry Connick is like the greatest thing to come along (laughs) comparatively and by the way if you are a musician and you have any kind of following whatsoever the easy cash in is you know what I should do I should do a Christmas album they've all done them and I'm hearing them all back to your question would I do it (laughs) Mm, it would uh, really depend on the car. If I, here's here's my answer. If I could curate which holiday songs, yes, that you could stand. If on. Barry Manilow's showing up, I'm I'm running away screaming. <laughs> there is not enough engine noise oh, to cover that up. It's all bad.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. Mystic Negro says Paul, unlike Todd himself and other properly proportioned people. <laughs> I've been afflicted with a stubby torso. That's right. It's like chin, nipples, belly button, and that's about it. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's really hard by Paula Host shirt. It just I know. never worked. He realized this causes issues such as not being able to. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> cracking you up. Oddword. Uh, okay, up. I'm back now. I can't buy shirts off the rack without the hem hitting my knees. Mm,
0: Mystic oh, Negro has fun with his questions, yes, doesn't he, does. he? Yes,
1: But what he'd like to know is if there are any cars sold today that don't provide enough seat adjustment for me to see over the wheel. Oh, man. He's just going. It is an issue. Yeah. So if I resorted to sitting on phone books like his middle school art teacher? Shout out to Mrs. Krasenbaum.
0: If she's listening, the w- the world's amazing, it's, by the way. Yeah, yes, I that's amazing.
1: Or do I just look through the wheel over the dash? It's just fingers and ball cap, mm-hmm. and yep. that's about all you see of me. Yeah, right. No, there's not, of course. It's it's an inch of difference, but you can see it on camera. And yes, the first time funny. Todd pointed this out to me, I thought, no, you're wrong. What? Mm-hmm. And then, indeed, he was completely 100% right? And you can see it, and the way you can see it the best is where our shoulders are at. Yep, where the shoulders are at. Mostly the head, side. but you can see, just pick a spot on the seat. Pick a piece of stitching or a panel, yeah. and look where our shoulders are. But yet, I, we're the same exact height. We're both <laughs> six foot three. You see yep. us standing together on closing stand-ups? Yeah. Same height. Yep. But then in car, it's just the weirdest thing. And I thought, what is wrong with me? I just, all right, whatever. What's very just, funny
0: is when people meet is. us both. They're always surprised by how tall you are. Yeah. Because they (laughs) just assume I'm the big lumbering thing and then you're the normal
1: sized guy. And then they meet you like, wow, you're tall. Right. Every time. Same height. But yeah, I, I guess I've just gotten used to over time the sitting closer. Thing that race car drivers instruct you to do. They Mm -hmm. they teach you to sit, you know, one click forward on the seat or just a little bit further forward so you're farther over the steering wheel and therefore in better control of the car. And that feeling has just made me kind of get used to it now Mm -hmm. because I'm, you know, on road trips, I don't want to push all the way back. I don't want my arms even close to straight
0: you and I both used to sit much farther back we than we do now we yeah did. for sure
1: and so now over time you know I like that feeling now I'm just kind of used to it but that means my knees are further up I'm just deliberately a little bit less comfortable but that's now kind of the norm for me so it's it's kind of weird
0: Bradley Lee J. 1983 says he's looking at the photo of our two cars parked in front of Griot's garage. Let me stop there real quick. There is a permanently sunk into the ground 356 Porsche <laughs> right by the front door. It is not an accident. It's like a planter. They, it, it exists there. So there's nothing sculpture. wrong with that car. So it's it's there. Sculpture. So there's that. We have both of our cars parked out front of Grio's because that's where we actually ended our trip officially, which was really, really cool. He's asking about wheels. He's noting that you have those really cool OEM wheels, but you've made them gold, so you have the Iron Man color going on all your cars, which is very cool. And I have, yes, changed my wheels to aftermarket wheels. What do we prefer? I get the sense that uh, Brad really, really prefers the OEM wheels. Mm -hmm. And I will say this to you, Brad. I, For whatever reason, nine times out of ten, I don't like the factory wheels that come on sports cars. Just pick a sports car. Nine times out of ten, I just don't like the wheels the factory offers. I just don't think they look good enough. And almost in every case, I find a wheel in the aftermarket that I think would look better on the car. Occasionally, somebody nails it. The last gen, uh, the most recent gen STI, has phenomenal wheels. The wheels that should have come... On the FRS BRZ, but it's a different bolt pattern.
1: Did you say you liked one of the C8 Corvette wheel patterns?
0: The ones that they've actually put out for the Z06 are the first ones I even kind of like. I have hated all the other ones. And I still don't think the ones on the Z06 are quite right, but they're so much better. So while I appreciate the original wheels on my 300ZX, and I was glad the car came with the original wheels, I really, really wanted different wheels. So I put different wheels on it because that, that for me is is the place that I feel like you can customize a car, make it yours. It's like, what's the crazy tie you bought? Mm-hmm. And But I'm always at this point, it didn't used to be this way, but I'm always at this point concerned about how heavy are the wheels I'm putting on. Because you can yeah, put on true. a lot of wheels true. and make them heavier. The wheels I put on the 300ZX are actually lighter than the ones that came on the car. And the ones that came on the car were pretty light. So I'm very, very happy with the look of the car now. Not like I didn't like it before, but now I'm just like, yeah, that's my car.
1: Yeah, indeed. Well, J. Batances, 15, has been hearing the mantra that enthusiasts should buy new enthusiast cars when they're made, Yep, the GR86, to encourage our car manufacturers to make them. But he thinks sales in the first year are stymied by price price gouging at dealers. Yes, they are. It's like you're picking at the scab. You know, right where our goats tied. as my dad would say. Without markups, first-year GR86 sales could be, you know, boon. They could increase more with more potential buyers and ultimately reflect support from enthusiasts. So what can car manufacturers do to prevent this sales-costing volume strategy by dealerships? Because you might want a GR86. Well, it it sure depends on the car, and fortunately, price gouging doesn't last too long it depends on the car.
0: Yeah. We've yeah. seen it with,
1: you know, the Mustang GT 350 came out and years later, dealers were still marking them up. It it's a real problem. We we do not like the markup by dealers. We know that's that's being kind. We hate it. Yeah. It's it. it sucks. It it doesn't do anything for the community and it's almost it's not just sports cars. It's SUVs that are popular. Mm-hmm. It's the Telluride's had this problem. Yes. Yeah. So we like that it doesn't last very long, but it does present a problem, and we wish car manufacturers did more and were more active in trying to prevent this, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Now we're all for you know sales of cars. We want cars to Absolutely, be sold, yep. and we want them yep. to you know get out there and people to have them and buy them. But it was just so funny when we drove that Camaro Z28. I Gosh. was wondering if you'd
0: go there. Yes. Uh, what year was that? It's been at least five years ago, at, at least. At least. It was right after the Z28, latest Z28 came out, which, is, which was a generation back
1: of the Camaro. That might have been more than five years. It probably was. Anyway, yeah. we'll it call wild. it five years. It just we'll just for... go with five. Why not? How fun. So we drove that car and the owner told us, yeah, well, I really wanted it. And the dealer had it. And it was like 80 or $90,000. 80 grand. And at that point it warps our sensibilities because we definitely connect price to driving experience. Mm-hmm. We connect this dollar amount equates to this interior quality or this dollar amount equals this driving feel. As a matter of fact, we continue to talk about it mm-hmm. and have are are actively planning an episode called The Price of Fun. Yes. What dollar amount is this much driving experience? And for that much more, is it 18% better? Is it 82% better? Did you justify <laughs> your dollars? Is it worth having that Ferrari?
0: <laughs> There'll be an abacus in the middle of the episode. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna going to count it up. It's going to be exciting. Kinds <laughs> of, it's going to be great. <laughs> Random
1: yeah. things. Nevertheless, the price definitely corresponds with how you feel about it. And mm. if you say, well, I paid $10,000, $20,000 more. The problem is people pay it.
0: Yeah, People pay it. Yeah, the,
1: the, that that's Z- a,
0: it's enraging. I love that you brought that Z28 up because I remember the list price of the car was seventy two grand, and he had bought it for eighty. He paid $8,000 in markup. Now, while we're not a big fan of markup, I suppose in the world of markup, that's actually not that much. Here's the crazy thing. The Z28s, six months later, were selling for under MSRP because people didn't want them. Six months later. <laughs> yeah. And I remember there were yeah. dealers in LA that had like I've got three and they're all priced under market. I really wish, I honestly wish, that the actual manufacturers would stop this because the manufacturers do have power over the dealers. And I wish if they found out that dealers were marking up, they would stop sending them their allocations.
1: And they've got to know. Because, they've got to
0: know. yes, because here, here's the reason that it bothers me so much. It's exactly the same as scalpers for a concert or an event you want to go to. If I'm just going to invent it right now, if tickets are 500 bucks for a seat, but Mm -hmm. they're going to the star that you really want to see, I'm much better for that than the ticket was 200 for that person to entertain me. Mm -hmm. And 300 went to the guy who actually just clicked the button faster than I did. Mm -hmm. He did nothing, especially now with Ticketmaster, you can go, you can just do it off the app and you never even saw the person. Right, right. This is what's happening with dealers that are doing markup. They're just scalping tickets. Because the manufacturer... Let me flip it around to cars again. If the new Kia Telluride, which we know is in massive demand, was in so much demand that dealers could charge $10,000 over, and they are, but that meant that Kia was making more per Kia Telluride, that encourages Kia to make more great cars. But if... Joe Strong's (laughs) Kia. I hope that doesn't exist. Joe Strong's (laughs) Kia's okay. He got ten grand this month because he just price gouged. Now, Kia is excited about the fact that they can't make them fast enough, but Kia didn't get any financial benefit from that in the same way that the music star didn't get any benefit from being a great musician. I really, this makes me so angry. I really wish that the manufacturers would just go, you don't get your allocation if you charge above MSRP or if the money that was getting because they're able to get more money for them went back
1: to the people making the car. Sure. I mean, it's a little bit. More complicated than just a true supply and demand of kind of is. project because of the point of the money going back to the originator, the manufacturer mm-hmm. of said vehicle in that case, which most supply and demand does. Yes. It, the money goes back to the you know, companies, person, whatever, mm-hmm. supplying that thing. In the case of cars, it doesn't. It's yeah. that weird it's, middle gray
0: area. It's because cars, car dealers, and movie theaters are the same in this. They were both affected in the early 1900s by anti monopoly regulations. And so the movie th- the movie studio cannot own the movie theater in the mm-hmm. same way that the car maker cannot own the dealer. Tesla So Tesla has walked around that, that, (laughs) which is, which is the thing right now. that also means that Tesla can change their prices every week and they do, Mm -hmm. but it also means that the money that goes to Tesla for you buying a car theoretically actually goes to Tesla and not, you know, Joe, whoever that has a Tesla dealer. So mm, this is the problem. And I really, I, it really bothers me and I wish the manufacturers would do something. Peter,
1: are you there? Also picks at the scab. Oh, Good. By asking, what is the non-performance deal breaker for you in a car? Mm. For you, small air conditioning vents. For me, (laughs) bad door closed sound. Or is it something more sane? I think it's honestly the overall feeling that I get. Mm. I want a car that is a 10 at every level. That's why I love Porsche so much. I admit it. I want it to be in every category from engineering to design to aesthetics to everything. How it drives, functions, all that stuff. I want it to be at the peak. So it's hard for me to think all right, this thing does about six things amazingly well, mm. but those three things just pick at me. <laughs> Grr! It's tough to think about that. And it, it's different for every car because every yeah, car manufacturer yeah. treats the hierarchy of how much they pay attention to the whatever. For a while, it was volume knobs. Like, really? <laughs> volume knobs are still, I know they're old. I know they're old. Mm-hmm. But they still work well, and it's still a really great way of interacting with whatever you're doing. Yep. Volume, fan speed, scrolling through radio, it still really works well. Yes, yes. Why can't we have a volume knob?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why can't we have nice things? So, like volume knob. Exactly. Yes.
1: So the first generation Civic Type R, or the the first iteration of the 10th generation. Of the current one that came here, yes. No volume knob. Mm-hmm. What? I know it's new. I know you're pushing on boundaries and I have to slide my... I'm so distracted by not having a volume knob mm-hmm. that I can't figure out how the stupid radio
0: works. Had a slider on both the steering yeah. wheel and on the actual face of the, of the head unit.
1: It actually caused a problem because it wasn't new and cool. It actually caused you, the driver, to spend more time with your eyes off the road trying to figure out how to operate mm-hmm. the thing. That's not good. Guess what? Honda changed it. Yep. We were we
0: were one of the many people, including owners, that were like, excuse us, volume knob? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Apex Carver eighty six says, uh, "How's Driveshare going for me with the Elise? I did put my Elise on there a couple of years ago. The Elise is a specialty car that rents occasionally. But what I like about it is when I rent it out, I actually like the Driveshare platform because you can curate. You as an owner can pull the plug at any time, and I haven't had to do that. But I could I could actually be with somebody and." Realize they can't drive stick and be like, I'm taking the car home. I can do that, True. which is really nice. True. Also, the people that are, that are renting on Driveshare typically are more enthusiast-focused than I went and grabbed something on Turo, which is another reason I like Driveshare. The Elise has been great on there. I've rented it a few times for both the summers it's existed, and everybody that's driven it has had an amazing day, and I'm thrilled by that. Mm-hmm. I really, mm-hmm. I, Honestly, I wouldn't want the car to go out every week because I want to drive it myself, and obviously, my, my son holds his breath all day. He's terrified when the car goes out Bodie's terrified. He's like, why is it going out again? I'm like, buddy, that you know, life. But (laughs) I I like that. It goes out a few times. I'm, it's been successful enough that I'm glad to have it on there. If it was in constant rental, I think it would frustrate me.
1: Really? Apex also asks me if I'll throw any of my cars on drive share. I'm (laughs) I'm warming to the idea. Mm -hmm. And when we talked to Haggerty, they want you as the person putting a car in drive share to want to share that car with absolutely, which is cool. Everybody. Yes. But to have a unique enough car, I mean, a Cayman GTS is certainly a unique car, but I feel like it's also a car that could get non-experienced drivers into trouble very quickly Mm -hmm. because its limits are very high. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Either speeding tickets or some kind of thing. I feel like that, thing is riskier a lot of the cars you'll notice are maybe you know some older stuff or not that the Elise is no I fast, take your point but you no, know I what take I mean your point. yeah and so for me to have a unique enough car to say I really want to share with the world this cool thing maybe that's some I mean maybe it is the 928 maybe if you haven't maybe it is yeah I, I want it to be in that era but knowing that okay something could break mm-hmm. it's gonna cost a lot to fix yeah. I, yeah I have to come to terms with that totally so it's either you know, a special car like that where I'm comfortable with it or, you know, what I love about drive share is that relationship between you and that person. It's not just rent my car, have at mm, it, have yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're an inexperienced driver and you, you're just out for a joy ride and you're probably do something to it. That doesn't throw me mm. guys. Thank you so much for all your questions. Like I said, topic Tuesdays, car debates, car conclusions, Great Write stuff. to us. Every day driver, TV at gmail.com. We have so much more to share. And this Thursday If I'm not mistaken, 90s superheroes on YouTube? Is that still pending? Is that still in the works? on
0: YouTube channel, the main YouTube channel, the original YouTube channel this week, is a YouTube recut of our 90s cars, which is the Supra, the 300ZX, and the RX-7 that we just had on our last TV season 9, but it is a YouTube recut. We added some stuff in. It's about... 25% longer and it has some new commentary in it. It has a totally new opener. I am just finishing that up. That will be
1: out this Thursday. I hope you watch it and enjoy it and share it. I want it to be huge because it's a fun piece. Yeah, for sure. Guys, thank you again. Really appreciate all your support from you and all of our partners too. Absolutely. Please support our partners as well. Looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.